10 minutes. Y'all are about to see a miracle. Y'all want to see a miracle? I don't think I've ever preached a 10-minute sermon before. <laughs> but I better take my watch off and put it down here because i got a lot to say in 10 minutes. I asked the Father, what do I call this? He said, three more words. Three more words. The power of the short prayer. You know, Jesus actually, when you read about the Lord's Prayer, read it right around in there where, where we pray the Lord's Prayer every week here. The power of the short prayer. You know, the longest prayer Jesus ever used to heal somebody was 14 words. 14 words. Did you ever think about that? And we need to use three more. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Three more words. Real fast. Let's see. Time. Time. Okay. I'm going to give you some of the stories. So we've only got ten minutes. We're going to find the bride. You'll have to trust me. Trust me. New thing. New thing. I'm going to have to do myself. Exodus 26 is the verse where it says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Y'all heard that before, haven't you? Got a hymn to have that in it. I am the Lord that healeth thee. He is the Lord that heals us. Psalm, Psalm 103 says, The Lord who healeth all thy diseases. How many? How many? Oh, good. Oh, good. I thought maybe you had a different translation of new Bible. So it was a new international version or something. You know, it's funny. I can't think of I can't remember the last time I preached in English. I, this is so weird, doing this in English. It's kind of fun. I, it's easier in some ways. You know, Acts 10, 34 says that God is no respecter of persons. He says that's one of the definitions of sin for us in the New Testament. If you have respect of persons, that's sin. There are five of them. There's four others. You can look them up on your own spare time. Hebrews, and not just Hebrews, but Hebrews 13, 8, is one of the places that says that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He's no respecter of persons. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the God that heals us. He heals all of our diseases. Wow. Get a theme going here? Three more words. In Jesus' name. All right. Oh, Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord, I change not. I mean, there's the verse throughout the Bible. It's a constant theme. God doesn't change. If he did it 2,000 years ago, he'll do it today. Thank you. He'll do it today. He's that kind of God. If it's in here, this is a love letter written to you and me. If you're his child, it's written to you. It's a love letter from your father. Now, this is a better father than the one I had here on earth. Not sure why he gave me that one, but there's, I've got a lot of theories going there. But he was a Lulu. He definitely was a Lulu. I'm a son of an alcoholic and a barmaid. I guess you can figure out which one was my dad, huh? He wasn't a barmaid. He was an interesting man. He had a troubled life. But uh, that's not what this is about. This is about, you know, God provides for us so many things. If you read about the gift of, I mean, the gift of healing, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of uh, tongues, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of this, the gift of that, the gift of this, there's a bunch of gifts in here that are for God's children. If you can picture them, I got a big package right here. Oh, is this being taped? I'm being bad. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Okay, I, I can I can do it this way too, <clears throat> and for Ronnie too. Bless your all heart. 
If you can picture a big old box over there with the wrapping and bows and all that, this is that the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then you got the gift of tongues, you got the gift of the engine, you got the gift, the gift, the gift, the gift, the gift. There's probably about, I don't know how many gifts there are in there, but someday maybe I'll count them. There's a bunch of gifts in the Bible that we just don't pick up and use. We don't even open them. We have to learn how to open the gifts that God gives to us. So today we're talking about the gift of healing. So, he is the God that heals us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's, he's not going to change. He heals all of our diseases. Okay. In Matthew, we've got a quick lesson here. Wow, this is going to be fast. Matthew 8, verse 1. I want you to look at some of these. I'm going to stay in Matthew for a little bit, jump over to Mark a couple of times. I'm going to give you the word, what he says in his order. Matthew chapter 8, uh, verse 1. Nope, that's not right. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. Oh, I start in verse 1. Uh, I'm going to go, since I've only got 10 minutes, so I'm going to go to verse 3. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleaned. Okay. Leper was cleaned, obviously. I will. I am willing. I want it. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. No respecter of persons. He is willing for this man to be clean, healed. Leprosy is a disease. He is willing for who to be healed? Yes, us. Every one of us heals all of our diseases. He is the God that heals us. I am willing. That's an I will. That's written to us. Matthew eight sixteen, Right down the same page. I'm going to skip to the end of the verse. It's just talk, oh, um, this is a... <laughs> Went to Peter's house, and his uh, wife's mother laid sick of fever, and he says he touched her hand. No words tra- took place here. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. When the, uh, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out spirits with his word, and he healed all that were sick. There's that word all again. I like that word all. Who's he heal? All. What diseases? Hey, there you go. You guys are catching on. In Jesus' name. I like to say those words, but I lay hands on somebody to believe. You guys heard me last week. I lay hands on somebody to believe. You know, I'm going to tell you something that I've discovered. Now, I walk by faith and not by sight. But I have learned it's harder to heal Christians than it is to heal unbelievers. I didn't figure that one out right off the bat. I thought, wait a second. Two of us were joining together here. Why aren't they getting healed? I mean, I'm coming up on 60 years old. I know I'm getting to be an old guy, especially, yeah, Josh, I see you. But you know what? I don't, I know the rest of you saying, 60 ain't so old, you know. Remember when we were 30 looking at 60 or 15 looking at 60? No, you can't even remember that far, can you, Leo? Okay. But I know there's a lot of folks in here older, but I'm pretty spry for a guy my age, from what I understand, looking at the rest of the people that are around me that are my age. I still do strong, heavy work, like my brother Lee. There are advantages to being a man of God, and I walk in them. But it's not easy sometimes. Satan comes after me just like he does anybody else. What do I do? I have to stand on the Word of God. I have to believe this stuff. You know, I'll show you something really cool here. He healed all that were sick. Later on, it says a few, uh, let's see, um, no, I jumped over. According to your, okay, here we go. Matthew 9, next chapter over, uh, 27, 28, 29, somewhere in there. Uh, 
but the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And when he was come to the other side into the country of the uh, Gergesenes, it depends on how you want to pronounce that, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce of their crazy. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come hither to tor- torment us before time? Okay. Now I'm jumping around too much. Twenty-seven. Oh, that's why my problem is I jumped into the wrong chapter. Is what I did. Okay. Um, chapter nine, verse twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Uh, okay. Now, since I've read the wrong place, I'm going to go to the right one. Uh, he says, uh, uh, "Jesus departed thence. Two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us.' And when he was come to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said unto him. Yes, Lord. Then he touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. There's a key right there. According to your faith, be it unto you. If you don't believe it, you're going to get what you believe. If you believe it, according to your faith, be it unto you. Very, very important verse. Very key right there. According to your faith, be it unto you. Faith is like a muscle. You have to use it. You have to exercise it. You have to say. You have to step out in faith. One of the other definitions of sin, well, I'm going to give them all away. Anything that's not of faith is sin. According to the New Testament, anything that's not of faith is sin. And here he's saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. Wow, time goes quick. Okay, then I'm going to skip to the last, uh, the last verse. Remember, there was a man that came to... Jesus and said his servant was sick at home and and Jesus said I'll go with you right now and and the, the man who was not a, a, a Christian who was not a, a Jew not a believer not a child of God says you don't need to go his words were just say the word just speak the word Jesus didn't go he just spoke the word. And here we are, children. And Jesus said about him, he said, I have found no one of such great faith in this nation, in the nation of the Jews. This man was not a Christian. He didn't have the Spirit of God. But he had the faith. Just say the word. Oh, people, if you could get your, wrap your arms around this. If you could just wrap your arms around this, it'll change your life. You can live a long, happy, healthy life, and it's just awesome. Just say the word. All right. I'm going to jump over to Mark 11.24. Very, very important part here. Uh, Last verse. 11.24. Therefore I say unto you that what things soever ye desire... When you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. If you can wrap it around, wrap your head around it, wrap your faith around it, and you can say, I believe God's word is true. The Bible tells us, let God be true, and in Romans, let God be true, and every man a liar. 
The Bible says that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. The Bible says that, that he's the God that heals me. That He heals all my diseases. He heals all who are afflicted. That's what the Word says. If you can line it up with the Word, it's yours. These are your promises. Every child of God. There's nothing. Elijah didn't have anything on us when he called fire down from heaven. No. He was just a child of God. He wasn't anything special. <laughs> Ain't nothing special about Bob Crozes. I'm just crazy enough to believe the Word of God. But I start my prayers, I try to I pray short because he taught me to pray short. Jesus was my perfect example. He said the longest prayer he had for healing was 14 words in English. Hebrew, I don't know, but it can't be too much longer. 14 words, but I start everyone off. In Jesus' name. He healed Peter's mother by a touch without saying a word. The woman who came up and touched the hem of his garment had an issue of blood for 12 years. A touch. She was healed and she knew it. So did he. A touch. If you can wrap yourself around that and just touch the hem of Jesus, you can be healed. You can walk healed. We are his children. We are filled with his spirit. That's what he wants for you. That's the gift. But you have to open it and you have to walk in it. Satan tells you you're sick. You say, Satan, you're a liar. I'm healed. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Oh, oh praise God. I don't know if you guys enjoyed that. But I enjoyed giving. I'm a little shorter than Bob. Okay. Testing, testing. Okay. I want to ask you to look at your past and how many of you have been in a dark place without God. And you really kind of knew about God, but you were not in this relationship you have now. Okay. Think about that. Okay. Jesus brought you to this relationship, but God showed Israel just as they were entering the um, promised land. Okay, and if you haven't read Ezekiel 16, I'd like for you to go home and read that tonight, today, and look at what is going on in Ezekiel 16. Okay, he's talking about Israel, but this book is about us. This book can talk about our dark places that we didn't have, or that we had, to the light places that we have. Okay, now Israel came out of the land of Egypt, and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Okay. Moses died, and Joshua was now the leader of Israel. Okay. They were in the land of Shechem. No, I'm sorry. It was Shittim. Okay. And that was on the east of the Jordan River. And this was just days before they were going to enter in the promised land. Okay? Now, there's a story in the path that they took as they started taking the promised land. Okay? And what I did in this study is I looked at every definition that the name of that town came 
up to be. I look through dictionaries. I look through the concordance. I look through everything that had anything to do with those towns. Okay, real quickly, I'm going to name those towns. First, they were in Shittim. They crossed the Jordan. They went into Gilgal. They went into Jericho, and we all know about Jericho. And the next place they went into Ai. The next place they went in was Shechem, and they went to Shiloh, and then they went to Bethel, back into Gilgal, and they went back into the land. Okay, they did a loop there. Now, this is an awesome story. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a preacher. I'm not an evangelist. I'm a study shower. <laughs> okay, I don't know how else to call it, but I like to study the word, and I'm not, I'm not really a proficient preacher but I like to share what I have learned in Scripture. And I think it's very important that we understand Scripture has a literal meaning. It has a tangible meaning, okay? And that tangible meaning is for us. It, it shows us the heart of God and the mind of God. When you were in that dark place, not knowing who God really was in your life, and you hadn't accepted him, okay, this is your story. This is how you came into your relationship with the Lord and tell me that I'm not wrong. Okay, after a while, you'll understand. Okay. Ezekiel 16. But I, that's, that's just something I want you to read. That, that's that's uh, important that you understand the darkness that we are outside a relationship with God. I can't see my Bible. Let me put my glasses on. Okay, if we... I, I don't have all my notes here to tell you exactly, but I have them in my mind and my heart. Okay, As they were in Shittim, what I could find is it's a plain grassy area. It's a meadow. There's nothing there but grass. There's nothing to do. Okay, And that's where we are in our life without God. We have nothing to do for God. Okay, They cross over the Jordan, and the Jordan means fall. Okay, And when we get to that place where we've hit bottom, you know what we do? We fall. Okay? They went into Gilgal, and Gilgal is kind of neat because it has two meanings. It has kind of a lower meaning, and it has a higher meaning. And so when I went through this study and saw this, I thought, wow, this is awesome. It means heaven, or it means dungeon. Okay? So now, if I, if I go this way, if I fall in, then I feel like I'm in the dungeon, right? I don't feel like I'm in heaven. Okay? So now we go into um, Jericho, and they fight the battle of Jericho, and they, they take it. What happened to it? It was turned into ruins, and that's exactly what it means, ruins. Okay? Well, no, I'm sorry. It means acceptance. I'm sorry. It means acceptance. Okay. Um, so we've fallen. And then we're in the dungeon, and now we accept that we're in the dungeon. They go into AI, and that means runs. Okay? And you've got to remember, they had some problem when they went into AI because some of the, one of the people took some stuff of Jericho that they weren't supposed to take. And so there was a lot of problems in their runs. I mean, there was a lot of problems when they were doing that. It took two battles to take AI. Okay? And the next place they went was... Shechem. And Shechem means burden, place of burden, a hard time. And what's so cool about this, God told Israel, when you get into the promised land, 
you go to Mount Ebal and to Mount Gershom, and you're going to say the blessings and the cursings on those mountains. You either hate God and have nothing to do with him, or you bless God and you have everything to do with him, and he is your God. Okay? So the children of Israel got to that place of burden. Okay? Do we hate God or do we love God? Okay? So there's your burden. Okay? Because of who we are, we've already found out that our lives is in ruins. We're, we're, we're in the dungeons. We're, we're having a bad time. And we see the light of God. So we choose, God, I want you. Okay? Guess who's next? They went into Shiloh. And guess what Shiloh means? means it's Messiah, it's Christ. So we accept Christ in our lives. Do you see the pattern here? Do you see where we're going? And this, is, this was told back in uh, 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 Joshua. I don't have my glasses on. Okay. So now they are accepting Christ in their lives. And then from there, they go to Bethel. Who knows what Bethel means? House of God? Yeah, house of bread. And then from there, they go back to Gilgal. Are they in the dungeon? That's where they were in the beginning. But since they chose to love God with all their heart, you can use the upper term of heaven. And so God, a long time ago, showed us that he's got our back by this tangible thing that's turned to us, that I will show you a way even when you are in your uh, Ezekiel 16 moment. When you are down and out, when you're at the rock bottom, God is there to pull you out. But it's your choice. And, those cho- and that choice is what Bob said. It takes three more words in Jesus' name. So you've got to understand that God has made a way from, for you from the very beginning of this book all the way to the very end of this book. many have enjoyed uh, the guys at the spur of the minute. I mean, just uh, <clears throat> and by the way, we would have had somebody here and I've asked him to give a specific testimony uh, that I know about uh, from Brother William in his life and something that had happened and uh, he's told me two or three times he was ready to do it, but it just didn't work out that uh, we could get him uh, either to stand up or to come up. And um, nonetheless, he's not with us today, but I do want you to be praying for him. Uh, he has, what do you call it, when you just flat cannot sleep and sleep good. Uh, can't, uh-huh, he, he, uh, we've just got to pray for him on that. And I sort of counseled him in a little bit of a way this week and uh, praying for him a lot and just uh, probably hasn't taken hold as of yet. And I don't know that to be the fact. I'd like you to take your Bibles, if you would, and open with me to uh, Luke chapter 5. 
want to share just a little bit of scripture. And um, Brenda, do you have anything that you might could share with us for a few moments this morning? We'll just kind of pass it around and we won't. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Brenda. We thank everybody that's got up and, and shared with us today. Man, I'm telling you, it's all in the Word, isn't it? It's all in the Word. Uh, Dustin, a little bit later, when I'm through, and would you like to take a few moments and not today? Okay, anybody else that would like to, we would we'd love to have you. We want, we're not going to stay long, but we're going to uh, share just a little bit. If you have your Bibles, would open with me to Luke chapter 5. There's, I was reading this to my mother, and Dustin and Wendy were on the way to the hospital to take um, Connie to the hospital. And we're sharing some of this. In fact, I read the whole chapter. I'm not going to do that here this morning. But we read, I read the chapter to her. And, you know, me and her will sit around the table, and I know the girls do the same thing. But... The Bible's there on the table, and I always take the Bible and open it up and read to her. She just loves it. And here she is, 91 years old. She's uh, got dementia, or at least the start of something, and cannot remember. But I know my sister Sandra was the same way. She had dementia, and uh, Sandra was the same way. You would not believe that the things that she would say and do and not be able to say and do, uh, but when she would come into this church house... She wouldn't miss a beat on that piano. Someone would read the word, and it's just like 
it was just engraved in her. It was like it was just there, and it was such an amazing thing to see. Though we were disappointed to lose her to that, uh, the way she responded to the Word and the things of God outweighed the way she responded in other areas. So we're thankful this morning that God, as our sister has said and the brothers have shared with us, that the Word is there for so many things, the teaching and just so many things. I want to look here in Luke chapter 5. And I want to share just a little bit of the early days of the Lord when he had selected his apostles and he was in the process of that selection. The Bible says in verse 1 of Luke 5, it came to pass that as the people, listen to this, as the people pressed upon him, and that's what we've been talking about here this morning, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake. And while he was standing there, the Bible says in verse number 2, he saw two ships, and they were standing by the lake, or at least they were on the shoreline. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. That's what they would do when they were through fishing. They would take care of the net. It'd be ready the next time they were to go out. And it says in verse number 3, he entered into one of the ships which was Simon's, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. You know, the press of people, even in the beginning of his ministry, when they found out there was a man that could work miracles, that didn't preach and didn't teach like everything else they had heard, he preached and taught with authority and power, they began to just come around him and be around him and press upon him. So he thrust out a little bit from the land. And the Bible said he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, which was Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answered and said unto him, listen to these words, Master, We have toiled all the night, and we have taken nothing. But nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Isn't that something? All God asks you to do is obey Him. Is obey Him. And when God sees your obedience, and God sees your faithfulness to His word, there's no limits to what God will do. He said, Lord, he said, we've taken nothing, but we will do what you have said. And when they had thus done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. It doesn't say almost broke. It says their net break. So it could have broken a little bit of pieces, but usually when that would happen, I know when I was a kid, we used to go down to the creek and me and a couple of the neighbor boys that lived in different places, we'd go down to a little creek called the Pipeline. And we would go down there and we would sing for the minnows and we would sing for the crawdads and then we would put them on our hooks and we would fish. We had a great time. But we knew that if the uh, same had a hole in it, you weren't going to catch very many fish. And so the Bible says that they begin to break. And they reckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And the Bible says they came 
and they filled both the ships so that the ships began to sink. I've often thought about, you know, it talks about Paul and some of the journeys that he was on. And, and I, I kind of think when they was on those kind of journeys, they were bigger ships. Now, these fishermen here, I don't know how big their vessels were. I kind of picture them as being kind of small. But that's probably not true. They were big enough that they could do the work that they had to do and they could go the places they need to go if it was by water. But the Bible says that they filled both of the ships so that the ships began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, look at this. When he saw it, he responded to what he saw. And this is powerful. When he saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Sometimes we think that, you know, miracles is just done for such and such reason. Maybe to give people what they've asked for or to give people what they have need of financially or whatever it is. But do you know if it's accompanied with the Word of God oftentimes? Well, I remember when Jesus said, he said, If you don't believe me for the words that I say, believe me for the works that I do. Amen? Amen. And oftentimes it, can't, it brings about something that you have no idea is going to happen. Simon realized by the miracle that he saw that he was a sinful man and he fell down on his knees and he said, just leave me, Lord, for I'm too sinful. For he was astonished, verse 9, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John and the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, I want to leave you with these words. Fear not, for from henceforth thou shalt catch men. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. The study that Robert shared, just a brief moment. He studied a study that dealt with real life teaching. Brother Bob came up and he spoke and by the way, when this thing started, I, the reason I told Bob to take 10 minutes because I knew if I told him to take 10, he'd take 20. And I figured he'd coast on into 25. And do you know what Bob did? He was obedient. He was obedient. You know what Robert did? He brought forth and he was what? He was obedient. That's all I asked them to do. And they did that. I thank God for it. They could have took liberty and went on. I start, I was flashing Bob like, hand signals, and he was so excited he never caught on to it. But isn't God good? All these stories that are in the Bible and that which is revealed in the Bible is not only that God can catch us, but after he catches us, we can do what? We can catch men. It's all for the kingdom of God. Josh, would you like to share? And we can close with... Do you want you you don't want to say anything this morning? I know it's putting you on the spot.
There you gotta go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fire. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yes. Isn't that powerful? We were praying, and we had just prayed uh, for Connie as we knew she was going to the hospital. Mama started crying, and she was praying. And we read the scripture, and she was crying, and she was praying. And do you know what was so amazing? Because about by 7 o'clock, she had already had the procedure. She was already headed to her way home. And she was already beginning the process of healing. Isn't that good? Why sometimes do we put things off for so long? My ear's been shut up for three, three to four weeks. And I, when you guys have prayed for me, it has opened. And I have had maybe a day or two at a time where it would, would be. But the devil has really been fighting me every Sabbath. It is so closed up that I absolutely hear nothing out of this side of my ear. Not only that, uh, there's a ringing in there and a buzzing in there. And uh, different people have asked me different things. I never say, because God doesn't give us what we ask for instantly, that it is a real lack of faith. I never say that. Because I think, I think once we pray and release the word and that seed is there, the seed's going to do one thing. If the seed is watered, then what's the seed going to do? It's going to develop. So the word is the seed. And so when that seed is planted, it's been released and it's beginning to develop. Now, we like to see the sudden things, the sudden relief, but sometimes it doesn't come. But doesn't mean we're not trusting God. Doesn't mean any of your prayers have not worked. It just simply means God's timing is not our timing. I would love this to leave quick because you get that thought in your mind sometimes. Oh, my, I'd hate to be uh, like this the rest of my life. Then, it, you know what it causes me to do? It causes me to think about people that are born born with maybe loss of hearing or partial hearing or loss of sight or maybe partial sight and can't see good. All of these kind of things begins to, uh, when we go through some things, oftentimes we experience what it might be like for other people. And so uh, the Lord does, you know, he teaches us in all things. He shows us his wisdom just unfolds, it just magnifies. And so we're so thankful that uh, we have been shown by either our parents or grandparents or somebody shared the word of God with us. They spoke the name of Jesus and they used that authority in that name or Yeshua, however you might want to say it. But nonetheless, there is authority and power that's represented by the name. And so we're so pleased. We're so pleased uh, to uh, know that. Um, I'm thankful this morning. I'm usually, I mean, I, I usually, if Brother Dornberg is preaching or anybody's going to preach, I always have a message ready. And last night, I just did not feel like sitting at uh, the desk or anything and finishing up on anything. So I thought, well, you know, we just uh, have, you know, Brother Wilbur would be here. But bless his heart, he's, uh, he's an elderly man. And uh, so all of us, we need to know that when we have an opportunity to come to church, we need to have not only uh, something to say, but something to do that'll be a blessing to everybody. Here's a brother that hadn't felt good for a while, took a little little siesta along with it, and uh, we're hoping and praying that he's feeling better. Everybody in here, do you have a word? Hold on to the word. Let's do that. Hey, everything's a little bit different today. <laughs> 
Okay, we're going to do this together. I love that. I do too. If I hold to the Word of God, the Word of God will hold to me. If I hold to the Word of God, the Word of God will hold to me.